Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Word of God. We're studying the book of Acts. Today is episode 257. We're looking at Acts chapter 13, verses 4 through 12. The Holy Spirit has told the leadership of the people at the church at Antioch to set apart Saul and Barnabas for the work they've set before them. So the church gathered together, prayed, fasted, laid hands on Barnabas and Saul and sent them off. So let's pick it up in verse 4. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus, arriving in Salamis. They proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. They also had John as their assistant. When they had traveled the whole island as far as Paphos, they came across a sorcerer, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man summoned Barnabas and Saul and wanted to hear the word of God. But Elamas, the sorcerer, that is the meaning of his name, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, stared straight at Elamas and said, You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery, you son of the devil, an enemy of all that is right. Won't you ever stop perverting the straight paths of the Lord? Now look, the Lord's hand is against you. You're going to be blind and will not see the sun for a time. Immediately a mist and darkness fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then when he saw what happened, the proconsul believed, because he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Well, this is a shift in the narrative of the book of Acts. It's been taking place primarily in the, the Jewish world, with a little bit into the Samaritan area, but that was still somewhat Jewish, and then uh, dealing with some Gentiles here and there. But it's been played out so far in the Jewish world, and now it's shifting to the Greek world, the Roman world, the ends of the earth. So here, verse 4, so being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. So the Holy Spirit's the one who guided the church in Antioch to send out Barnabas and Saul. So they're being sent out by the Holy Spirit. They went down to Seleucia. This is a, a town on the coast. Antioch is in modern-day Turkey, just north of the Syrian border, and about 16 miles over on the coast from Antioch is the town of Seleucia as a port. So from there they went to Seleucia, got on a boat, and sailed to Cyprus. It's about 60 miles to Cyprus over on the eastern part of the Mediterranean Sea. So arriving in Salamis, Salamis is a town on the eastern shore of the island of Cyprus. So they arrive in Salamis, they proclaim the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. There's apparently a sizable population of Jews in Cyprus, because notice this, the Jewish synagogues, there's multiple synagogues in this area, in this town. And so they go to various synagogues to proclaim the word of God. Now we know there's already a Christian presence in Cyprus. We saw that when the the Christians fled from Jerusalem at the persecution following the murder of Stephen. Some of them went to Cyprus. We saw a comment about Cyprus earlier, back in chapter 11. 
So chapter 11, verse 19, now those who had been scattered as a result of the persecution that started because of Stephen made their way as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began speaking to Greeks also. So we saw that some of the Christians who had fled from Jerusalem went to Cyprus. So there's a Christian presence in Cyprus but some of the Christians from Cyprus actually had come to Antioch. We know there were Christians from Cyprus in Antioch, and they were some of them who first began to preach the gospel to the Greeks, to the Gentiles. So there is a Christian presence in Cyprus. We also know Barnabas is from Cyprus. He's a native of Cyprus. We saw that when he was introduced way back early in the, the book of Acts. So they're, they've gone to Cyprus. Uh, why Cyprus? Maybe it's because there's a lot of people they know from Cyprus. And maybe it's because Barnabas is from Cyprus. But they're, they're in Cyprus. There's a Christian presence. There's a fairly substantial Jewish presence. And that's who they go to first. Now, this is their pattern. As, as Paul and uh, Barnabas travel, they generally go to the Jewish population first. Reason being, if anyone is in a position to respond to the gospel, it should be the Jews and those Greeks who are God-fearers, who believe in Judaism. They know who God is. They believe the Old Testament. And so they're coming with the message that Jesus is the promised Messiah. They don't limit it there. They then also speak to the Gentiles, but they begin with the Jewish people. So continuing in verse 5, they also had John as their assistant. So John Mark... We saw uh, earlier when Barnabas and Saul traveled back to Antioch, they took John Mark with them. And so Mark, John Mark, is traveling with them as their assistant. Now, what's that mean, assistant? I don't think we can say any more than just that. He's there as their helper. Some say he's there more as an eyewitness because he was an actual witness to the ministry of Jesus himself where Paul and Barnabas are more latecomers. But I think it's just more general assistant. He's there to help as best he can, doing whatever he can. Verse 6, When they had traveled the whole island as far as Paphos, they came across a sorcerer, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. So they traveled the whole length of the island of Cyprus. Cyprus is long and thin. It's uh, 90 miles lengthwise across Cyprus. Paphos is on the opposite end of Seleucia. Paphos is the regional capital. So they travel the length of Cyprus. They end up at Paphos, the capital, and they encounter a sorcerer, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. Now, Bar-Jesus is uh, an Aramaic way to say son of Jesus. Verse 7, he was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man summoned Barnabas and Saul and wanted to hear the word of God. So the proconsul, he is the, the ruler, the governing uh, leader of the island of Cyprus. Cyprus is what's called a senatorial province. It's under the authority of the Roman Senate. And a senatorial province is ruled by a proconsul. That's the way Cyprus is set up. So Sergius Paulus, he is the 
the governor, essentially, of Cyprus reporting directly to the Roman Senate. says he's an intelligent guy, and he hears what's going on, and he summons Barnabas and Saul specifically to hear the message. Verse 8, But Elymas, the sorcerer, that is the meaning of his name, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Now this guy, Bar-Jesus, he's Jewish, he's a false prophet. Why is he a false prophet? Well, because he's not actually proclaiming the word of God. That makes him a false prophet. But he has linked himself to the proconsul. Now, many of these Roman higher-ups, they, they believe in spiritual things. And they want spiritual people around them to tell them spiritual things. And so you've got this Jewish prophet person, sorcerer, magician, soothsayer, whatever you want to call him. And you want to have as much in your tool belt as you can. So having a, a prophet around is, is a good thing. And apparently, the proconsul has some kind of faith in this guy and his ability to foresee things. But he certainly doesn't want the proconsul turning to Christianity because that puts him out of business. So he's going to use every tool he can to try and prevent the proconsul from hearing the gospel. And that's exactly what's going on here. He tries to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Verse 9, but Saul, also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, stared straight at Elymas and said, You're full of all kinds of deceit and trickery, you son of the devil, and enemy of all that is right. Won't you ever stop perverting the straight paths of the Lord? He calls him a son of the devil. Bar-Jesus means son of the Savior. So he calls him son of the devil. Now, I also said his name is also Elimas, the sorcerer. That's the meaning of his name. There's a, a lot of debate, and nobody's really sure what that means. Elimas, they think, maybe have more of an Aramaic origin to it, and somehow linked. Uh, there's a, a, an Aramaic word that means sage that sounds something like this. So they think it's, it's linked to sorcerer, not to Bar-Jesus, uh, Elimas means sorcerer somehow. And it's probably some kind of Aramaic link there. He has uh, picked the wrong fight here. He's taking on not just Paul and Barnabas. He's taking on the Holy Spirit. And so Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, stares straight at him and challenges him. Says, you're full of all kinds of deceit, trickery. You're not the son of Jesus, son of the Savior. You're the son of the devil. Then he all is right. Won't you ever stop perverting the paths of the Lord? Then, verse 11, Now look, the Lord's hand is against you. You're going to be blind, and you will not see the sun for a time. Immediately a mist and darkness fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. So Paul doesn't say, I'm pronouncing judgment on you. He says, the Lord's hand is against you. And pronounces a, a blindness that's going to come on him for some time. So it's not permanent. But a, a period of time. Now, perhaps this is looking back to Paul's own blindness when the Lord appeared to him. And, and during that time, he had uh, some time to, to think about the, the evil of his ways. Perhaps that's what's going on. But he has been struck blind. And then verse 12, when he saw what had happened, the pro believed. 
because he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. So he always was curious and wanted to hear. We know he's open to spiritual things. He's listening to a false prophet. But when he sees the power of the Holy Spirit, when he sees the judgment of the Lord, when he hears the teaching, it says astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Not just astonished at the actions of the Lord, but the teaching of the Lord. It says he believed. There's a couple shifts that take place here. One is verse 9, but Saul also called Paul. From here on, Luke refers to Saul as Paul. Now, Saul is his Hebrew name. It's his Jewish name, the name he goes by in, in the Jewish world. Paul is his Greek or Roman name. Because Paul's a Roman citizen. And Paul's from Tarsus. Paul is from the Roman world. And so now that they're shifting from the Jewish world to the Roman world, there's a shift in the name that Paul goes by. So from here on, Luke refers to him as Paul. There's also a shift in priority. Up to this time, it's always been Barnabas and Saul. From now on, it's going to be Paul and Barnabas where Paul takes the lead. Barnabas seems to have had the lead before, as they were more in the Jewish world. But now that they're moving into the Roman world, into the Greek world, Paul's taking the preeminence, and Paul becomes the leader. In fact, the, our next section, uh, section verse 13, it says, Paul and his companions, that even mention Barnabas. So from now on, it's not Saul. It's Paul. And from now on, it's not Barnabas and Saul. It's Paul and Barnabas. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the book of Acts.